This is a Woodside Church podcast. Thank you, Tim. Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you all. Rachel, thank you so much for leading us. You did a fantastic job. Great to be in God's presence together. So this morning, as Tim said, we are going to be looking at a part of our series, our God First series, and today it's all about first priorities, living for him. Before we start, I'm just going to pray. Father God, I thank you that we have opportunity to be here together this morning. I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that we've known you during our time of worship, and I ask God that as I speak that you would guide my words, Holy Spirit, that you would open the ears of our hearts to hear what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. So this morning, I want to encourage us to prioritize four things. Now, priorities are things that we choose to do above and beyond something else. So it's us deciding what is important. And we all prioritize things each day. Some of these are good things, some of them not so good things. But this morning, I want us to look at four areas of our lives where we can choose to prioritize the right things. So first of all, we're going to look at prioritize the person, the person of Jesus Christ. Then we're going to look at prioritize the presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at prioritizing proclamation, announcing publicly what God has done for us, and prioritizing prophecy, God speaking through us to others for the now. And, yeah, this preaches all about putting God and the things of his kingdom first. And that song that we've, I've not heard before, one of the songs that we sung this morning, it's said in there, the perfect remedy is to lift our eyes. And that's what this is all about. It's prioritizing. It's about lifting our eyes to Jesus and the things of his kingdom. It's about putting God and the things of his kingdom first. It's about lifting our eyes to prioritize the king and his kingdom. I like that, so I'll say it again. It's about lifting our eyes to prioritize the king and his kingdom. And if this morning you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, I would encourage you as you listen this morning to see if what I say makes sense. Do the priorities I suggest and the fruit that they produce, do they sound like priorities you would want to make? Okay, so without further ado, we're going to start with um, prioritizing the person. As Christians, we have chosen Christ. And the Christian life is a continual cycle of repentance, turning to Jesus each and every day, turning away from sin and turning to God. We daily choose to prioritize Christ and his kingdom. We lift our eyes off the treasures of this world and lift our eyes to the true treasure, which is Jesus Christ. We are building our lives on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and his teaching. I remember once, I think it was maybe a couple of years ago now, struggling and thinking, God, what is it you want me to be doing? You know, there's so many things that we could be doing. We can do this, we could do that. I was like, God, what is the one thing? Sometimes I'm black and white, and I just wanted to know, like, what's the one thing? I just need one thing to concentrate on, one thing to know what it is you want me to do. And God reminded me of this verse from Matthew 22. And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that, through that, God brought real clarity to me. That's what it's all about. It's about loving God. Everything else comes second. And the Ten Commandments are summed up in those two things, loving God and loving our neighbors. So things like do not murder, do not commit adultery is all about loving our neighbors, loving those around us. Could I have a bit of help here, please? I feel it's going to fall off. Oh, no, hang on. There you go. I think I got it. That's great. Um, so that really helped me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to prioritize on putting God first and on loving him. Everything else flows out of that. And just like we all prioritize certain friendships by spending time together and eating together, talking together, so we can prioritize our relationship with Jesus Christ by spending time with him, by talking to him. We can all make decisions that prioritize Christ in our lives. He is the heir of all things, through whom God has created the world. It says in Hebrews chapter 1, he is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. This Jesus who we were singing about this morning, he's the one that I want to prioritize in my life. He has done so much for us and that he longs to bless us. The Father's heart is to bless his children. And we can be blessed when we spend time with God, we, when we invest in that relationship that God is offering us. So priorities are the things that we put first in our lives, the things we always make time for, the things we make sure we have money for, the relationships we invest time in. Uh, one evening a couple of weeks ago, I really wanted to watch TV. I'd had, you know, I guess a busy day, I was feeling tired, and I felt I deserved to watch some TV. I really wanted just to sit down and watch TV, really wanted to watch TV. I think you get the point. But I was challenged by God. Do you need the TV to relax? Don't I say I will provide rest? He challenged me, do you believe that you can feel more rested if you rest in me than if you watch TV? And it was a hard decision, because I, like I say, I really wanted to watch TV. But I thought, right, no, I'm not going to watch it. God's speaking to me, I'm not going to do that. And even though I really wanted to, I decided not to watch TV. Now, watching TV in itself is not bad. The other day, I sat down, watched TV, I relaxed, it was great. But on that occasion, God was challenging me to find rest in him. And you know what? I had a great evening. It was great. I listened to music, I read, I went to um, sleep early. It was brilliant. And the next day, I felt God used me in a number of ways to bless people more so than usual. Prioritizing Jesus impacts our lives and the lives of those around us. Priorities have consequences in our life, good or bad. Luke chapter 6 says this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house, who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it, because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. We've got a couple of photos that Anna found for us. 
there just to help make that point. The importance of foundations. The importance of prioritising things that are important. The flood comes to both houses. The man who prioritised foundations, finding a safe place to build his house, his house was safe. He invested time into getting the foundations right. He took time and care to ensure his priorities were right. The man who didn't bother, who didn't prioritise the important things, suffered severe consequences. Sometimes it's hard to prioritise our relationship with God when everything around us is so easy to see and demands our attentions. Our phones, our friends, our family, these can all demand our attention, even the dirty dishes. Choosing to sit and read my Bible is more than just choosing to sit and read my Bible. It's choosing to lay aside the gravities of this world, the things that pull on my attention, and choosing instead to lift my eyes. I'm reminding myself that I am a spiritual being. There is more to me than flesh and bones. There's more to life than meals and movies. Okay, so that's prioritizing the person, Jesus. Second, we're going to look at prioritizing the presence, the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. I was thinking the other day about how I like to spend time in God's presence. I enjoy sitting and listening to worship music. And isn't it great when we do that in God and we're so aware of God's presence and he comes and blesses us with his presence. And I enjoy spending time at home with God and I love it when his Holy Spirit comes and meets with me and I'm aware of his presence. But I was challenged as I've been reading this book. I dared to call him Father. I've been challenged that actually a massive part of prioritizing his presence is being with my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is a great book. I encourage you, if you're looking for a book to read, this is all about um, how Jesus revealed himself to a Muslim lady in her dreams and how she came to enjoy relationship and fellowship with Jesus. And like I say, as I read that, it challenged me that actually enjoying God's presence is more than just doing it by myself at home, reading my Bible and listening to music, but it's when we're together, when we're together, brothers and sisters. Matthew 18, verse 20 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. We represent Christ to each other. When they're just two of us, we're representing Christ to each other. The Holy Spirit is with us. On Tuesday morning, I was feeling a bit low I, um, I'd got out of bed late, wasn't feeling great, and managed to make my son late for school. Not a great start to the day. I felt like I had quite a lot to do and didn't feel like I had enough energy to do everything. And I meet on a daytime group, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to group. I might just want to go home and chill out and relax. But having read the book and been challenged, we need you know, community and time with each other, I went along to group. And in one sense group, it wasn't anything amazing. It's a few people meeting together, chatting, that's it. In another sense, it's absolutely amazing. Here are people, brothers and sisters in Christ, meeting together, sharing fellowship, sharing food, sharing our lives together. How amazing is that? And do you know what? Just having been there together and among God's presence, in in the presence of my brothers and sisters, I was blessed. And I remember as I drove home, feeling so much better than how I felt when I drove to group. We cannot live the Christian life without the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
And as new Christians, we're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we are to go on being filled. Often, God gives us the command to go, sorry, to go, but often the command to wait comes first. Wait on him. Wait for him. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 says, And while staying with them, he ordered them, Jesus ordered them, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You see, it's not always easy to wait. Not always easy to wait. But we can't go anywhere without him. We can't do anything without him. Even the apostles who had spent day after day with Jesus, even they knew that they needed to wait for the presence of God, for the Holy Spirit to come and to fill them up and to give them power. And the same with us. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We, God is with us all the time by his Holy Spirit when we are Christians. But we can sometimes be more aware of God's presence on some occasions than on other occasions. But we can all be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, go on being filled filled with the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who gave them power. When they had the presence of the Holy Spirit, they had the power of God. They could declare the good news boldly. And actually there as well, after they filled up, um, the Holy Spirit fills them. Peter is then given the boldness to go and he tells people about Jesus. And he tells them, you know, they're not drunk with wine, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we can feel distant from God and we're not aware, we don't feel that closeness of his presence as we do on other occasions. Don't sense the tenderness of his presence. And sometimes this can be due to disobedience. It says three times in the book of Jonah that Jonah was fleeing from God's presence. God had said to Jonah, get up and go to Nineveh. Jonah got up and went, but went in the opposite direction. He was disobedient. He didn't want to go to Nineveh, which is what God had asked him to do. And then in the third, third chapter of Jonah... Jonah's crying out when he's in the belly of the whale. And he says, God, why, why have you gone from my presence? It's like, uh, Jonah, you chose you know, to flee from God's presence. Good news is God cared about Jonah and God cares about you. God gave Jonah a second chance. If you've been running away from God's presence, why not turn around and run back to his presence? There is such joy and peace in the presence of God and in his will. Or if you've never run to God before, I want you to know that God knows you and he loves you. He knows what you're going through. He knows the challenges you face and the questions that you have and he cares about you. And I want to encourage you, if you don't yet know what it is to prioritize Jesus, why not sign up to the Alpha Course starting in a few weeks? Why not sign up to that? It's a great opportunity to ask questions and to to discover more about Jesus. So there's nothing like the presence of God. Let's individually and corporately prioritize the presence of God. Let's pursue God. Let's run after him. Let's go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we've looked at prioritizing Jesus, prioritizing the presence. Now we're going to look at prioritizing proclamation, which is a bit of a, to get, get it out of the mouth. Prioritizing proclamation. So proclamation is announcing publicly. Jesus gave the command to go into all the world and to preach the good news and to baptize people. This is our mission, to make God and his love known to a hurting world. We have a message to take to a lost and hurting world. 
we are to prioritize proclaiming God's love. God has revealed it to us and he's given us the mission to go and tell the world. God has shown us his love through sending Jesus Christ and we can now tell others about it. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And an example of this is Philip. In Acts, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. So even there, straight away, you can see the difference between Philip and Jonah. God said to Jonah, rise and go. Jonah rose and went, but in the opposite direction. Philip, God says to Philip, arise and go. And Philip arises and goes south. Even though it was a desert place, he must have been wondering, why am I going to a desert? What's the point? Often I I realize when God's speaking to me, I can sometimes know when it's God speaking because I think, well, what's the point in that? You know, it's kind of in my mind, it doesn't make sense in the physical. But that's when I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this is God speaking. Maybe I do need to go and speak to that person, or maybe I do need to go that way. Um, So Philip was obedient. He rose and he went. And in one sense, the call probably didn't make sense to him. Why does God want me to go to the desert, to a desert place? What is the point? But what did he do? He rose and went. He was obedient. And the fruit that came out of that is amazing. Philip was obedient to God's call. He knew the person, Jesus. He knew the presence of God, and he proclaimed the good news. It's a nice collection of what we've done so far. He knew Jesus, the person of Jesus. He knew the presence of the Holy Spirit, and he proclaimed the good news. And as a result, the gospel went. The gospel went through the Ethiopian eunuch to another part of the world. Before the end of the day, the Ethiopian eunuch, who Philip had been speaking to, believed and was baptized I mean, that's pretty good going, isn't it, for stepping out and being obedient to God. Someone believes and is baptized that very same day. Where has God asked you to go? Who has he asked you to speak to? Where has he asked you to go? What amazing salvation is there to be seen today when we are obedient to God's call? But perhaps you're in a desert place right now. Philip had to go through the desert. Perhaps you're in a desert place now. I want to encourage you, let others proclaim God's truth to you. And there's a vulnerability in that, letting others, telling people where you're at and letting them remind you, proclaiming to you some of God's truth. I am your strength, God says. I am your provider. I am your shield. Remind yourself of the truth that God has declared over you. You are a child of God. You are chosen. You are loved. You are accepted. Speak the truth to yourself. Declare it out loud. Let others do the same to you. Sometimes I've had post-it notes and I've written Bible verses on them and I've stuck them around the house. You could do that on your mirror. When you go and, you know, in the morning, brush your teeth, whatever. Maybe not while you're brushing your teeth. It might be a bit tricky to say it. But say that verse out loud. I am a dearly loved child of God. I am chosen. God has good plans for me. God is good. Okay. Next, we're going to move on to prioritizing prophecy. Sorry, I've, I've skipped one, Shani, but that's fun. Um, prioritizing prophecy. When I started preparing this preach, this point really stood out to me. It's a bit different in one sense. It's a bit more specific, but prioritizing prophecy. You see, prophecy builds up. It strengthens, it encourages, and it comforts. And I want to encourage us, church, to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy, to eagerly desire it. Prophecy is a gift 
It's freely given. It's not earned. It's a gift. That's what gifts are. You don't have to do anything. My birthday, I don't have to do anything. You know, people are generous. Give me gifts. Gift is a gift. Prophecy is a gift. There are a variety of gifts, and the Holy Spirit apportions to each one individually as he wills. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Our God is a generous God and loves to give freely. I had these words come this week, reluctant receiver. Are you a reluctant receiver with the gifts that God has to give to you? Or do you want to graciously and with gratitude accept the gifts that God has for you? Prophecy is an important gift given to the church. Why? Well, because the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So it strengthens, encourages, and comforts. And I know that God's given me the gift of prophecy, but to be honest, I have neglected it, and I want to repent of that. And I, I want to pursue hearing from God for others. I know in the past I've been greatly blessed by the words that people have given me. They've strengthened me. They've encouraged me to do things. And I want to pursue prophecy afresh. I want to seek after God and hear from him and step out in faith. And let's choose together to prioritize prophecy. It's not just what one person can bring, but it's about us coming together. Each person has a, has a contribution, something to share. We are a family together and we all have something to bring. And in 1 Corinthians 14, the context of talking about prophecy is the context of the church and the body and the family together. Talking about how it strengthens and encourages and comforts in the context of the church. With the Holy Spirit's help, we have the ability to strengthen those who are weak, to encourage those who are fearful, and comfort those who are mourning. I'll say that again. With the Holy Spirit's help, we have the ability to strengthen those who are weak, to encourage those who are fearful, and to comfort those who are mourning. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. With the Holy Spirit's help and the gifts that he gives us, we have the ability to strengthen and to encourage each other, to build, build the church up. So church, let's individually and corporately prioritize prophecy. Let's pursue it together. We don't always get it right. We make mistakes, but we're family. We forgive. Yeah, and it says about weighing prophecy. It's not all solely on you. It's on us as well. We weigh it. We have settled for yesterday's bread. What is God wanting to say to us today? I know I find that a challenge. Sometimes I rely on what God has said to me last week or last month or even last year. But actually, what is God wanting to say to us today? What is God wanting to say to the person next to you? He knows what they're going through at work or in family situations. Maybe God wants to use you to bring that encouragement and to bring that comfort. Okay, so... We have looked at prioritizing the person, Jesus Christ. We've looked at the presence, running to God's presence and resting in his presence. And we've looked at proclamation, proclaiming the truth, being obedient to God's call and to proclaiming the truth of the gospel and to allowing others to, to proclaim to us as well. And prophecy, we've spoken about prioritizing prophecy. So I want to encourage us this morning to run after these things, to pursue them, to prioritize them, 
priorities involve decisions. Prioritize Jesus Christ with your whole heart. Build your foundation on him and on his teachings. Give yourself completely to him. Run to God's presence rather than away from him. Be obedient and prioritize meeting with others, with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It will do you good. Proclaim the truth of the gospel to yourself and to others. Remind yourself of the truth that he has spoken. Proclaim the good news to this aching world, which is so badly looking for love and acceptance and for someone to care for them and for freedom. And be bold and answer the questions that people ask you. Stick post-it notes if need be around the house. We've got a whiteboard. I write it on there as well. Bible verses. And they remind me and strengthen me. And prioritize prophecy. Eagerly desire it. Desire it. Through it, we can encourage each other to know Jesus better, to pursue his presence more wholeheartedly, and to proclaim the good news more boldly. Pray and ask God for the gift of prophecy. If you don't have the gift of prophecy, you're not going to do anything other than ask and receive. If you have already received the gift of prophecy, exercise it like a muscle. Use it for the benefit of the body, for the church. Okay, so that's it. I'm going to um, pray, and then we'll, I'll hand over to Adam. Father God, I thank you for your love for each one of us. I thank you, God, that this morning during worship and, and now, hopefully, we've been able to lift our eyes to prioritize you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that it's all about you. It's about loving you. That's the first and the main thing, loving you, God, and everything else comes out of that. God, I ask that this week you would help us to prioritize your presence, Holy Spirit. Time by ourselves, reading, speaking to you, praying, God, and time with our brothers and sisters. May we prioritize being in your presence. And God, I ask that you would give us boldness to boldly proclaim the truth of who you are and what you've done. God, even this week, would you help us to boldly declare, Jesus, what you've done in our lives, to give testimony of how great you are and what you've done in each one of our lives, God. And even this week, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help us to invite people along to Alpha, God, people who are hungry. Would you open our eyes to see who it is that you want to speak to? And Lord God, I want to thank you for the gift of prophecy. I want to thank you for how my life has been impacted in the past through things that people have shared, the steps that people have um, taken in order to share with me the words that you have. And God, I ask that as a church, you would help each one of us to prioritize prophecy, to pursue it, to eagerly desire it, God. I thank you that these are gifts that you give to us freely, without condition. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.